Hello, and welcome to Burning Questions podcast, episode 11. I am Regina DePerna, the host of this circus. Uh, and in this episode, we are talking with Tanial Joachim, who is a comedian. Uh, I really love this episode. Uh, I think it turned out great. Uh, we had a really fun time recording uh, and also just got some fascinating questions uh, that led to a lot of interesting discussion. Uh, and Tanial is hilarious, uh, which is great. Uh, he's also pretty intense. So uh, the tenor of this episode is pretty cool, I think. Um, I should also mention in this episode, uh, there are a few points where you can audibly hear the ice clinking around in our glasses of Maker's Mark. <laughs> uh, I usually offer my guests something to drink when they come over to the studio. Uh, and sometimes they choose bourbon. Uh, Tanaya was one of those guests. So I, I really, I didn't know it would be quite that loud. Um, so next time we'll just drink our whiskey neat. Uh, we also just steadily get, uh, slightly drunker, uh, as the show goes on. So there's kind of just a, a speakeasy quality to this episode, uh, which we hope you will enjoy. So, uh, on our next episode of Burning Questions podcast, uh, I'm actually doing another one-hitter episode about fear, uh, leading up to, of course, Halloween. Uh, so I really want you to write me and tell me what you are afraid of. Um, so what in your life terrifies you? Um, I, I know that uh, I, I have things that terrify me, and I think we all have fears that hold us back in some way and just make life more challenging. So I just want to know uh, what are people's biggest fears in life, um, in relationships, just in, in yourself. Um, I might even be talking about uh, what scares me. Um, spoiler alert, all of my fears center around being alone forever. Uh, so please don't make me talk about that for a half hour. Uh, email me uh, just a few sentences about what scares you. Uh, you can find us at burningquestionspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can shoot us a message on Facebook uh, or Instagram at burningquestionspodcast. Uh, we're also on Twitter at burningqspod. So, uh, we're actually going to be releasing that episode on Halloween, which is a Monday this year. Womp womp. Um, but yeah, I really look forward to getting your questions and uh, talking it out in a one-hitter episode. Uh, without any further ado, uh, here is episode number 11 with Tanial Joachim. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome formally to Burning Questions Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Um, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is uh, Tanial Joachim. I'm a stand-up comedian. I've been doing that for about four years now. Mm -hmm. I'm Haitian. That's where I'm from. I've been in the States for eight years. So I moved over here in 2008. And I started doing comedy in 2012. I started college and I realized my English was way worse than I thought. Because mm. I'm from Haiti and we don't speak English. We had classes, but nothing good enough to sit down and right. talk to somebody. So to improve my English, I would read books. I would watch a lot of TV. And yeah. watching TV, I stumbled on Comedy Central. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw yeah. a lot of stand-up, and I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. I like that I have no idea who these guys are. They're from a different world, and I mm -hmm. can understand and feel what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So there was a moment. There was a click. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I like this thing. I didn't think immediately that I could do it, mm -hmm. but I liked it. Yeah. So, like, the, the seeds were there. Yeah. And it took me a minute, and a couple of things happened, and I like it more and more. And I remember, I think Louis, there's a couple of people that made made it look easy for me. Mm, yeah. Because in, do, are you familiar with Cat Williams? Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. I love Cat Williams. Mm -hmm. And he, I would watch him and I thought, there's no way I could do what he does. Mm -hmm. 
because his is this high energy just running up and down the stage sweating everywhere yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. I admired it and I just couldn't do it I'm like sure. that's not me I'm not that guy mm-hmm. but then I saw people who did it in a very low key way yeah like George Carlin yeah or him. Dave Chappelle like yeah. Louis C.K. yeah and I was like oh I could I could do that yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you come with your family from Haiti, or how did that work? No, I came by myself. I came to mm. uh, go to college. That mm. was the plan. Yeah. And I spent two years in college, and I dropped out. There's a lot of things that led to that, but I dropped out in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I bounced around, did a couple of jobs. And in 2012, I started doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. I have to imagine that it's probably pretty different coming from Haiti, coming to... You came to New York? It is different. Uh, It's different, but it's also similar. It's different in the pace of life, in how things work. But if you leave home, you go anywhere, it's going to be different Mm -hmm. just in general because you don't have the people you know. Mm -hmm. So I was this Haitian dude on the campus in Long Island. I didn't know anyone. Yeah. I don't have family in New York, so I was... A bit lonely at times, but I got used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Even just like within the United States, I feel like people from non-large metropolitan areas, it's such a culture shock, like coming to a place like New York. It is. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought that was more of a like other country thing. But apparently even here, people from, let's say, Buffalo are impressed if you live in New York City. Because to them, that's, that's the dream. You made it. You're in the big city. Yeah. Which is... Worse than they could ever imagine. They should come <laughs> here and live for a few months and see if they're gonna like it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I like both. I like mm-hmm. the big city, but I also have small town affinities. You know, I like yeah. knowing people and waving at them when I walk down the street. So I like little things like that. But yeah, you don't get that in New York City. That's the price you pay. People are too busy here to give a fuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. Everyone is trying to survive. By the way, is it okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. When you're trying to survive, you don't have time to say how your day is going, say good morning to people. (laughs) You know, your rent is too expensive. Yeah. You can't do that. I, um, overall, I think I'm from Ohio originally. Uh, I don't oh, know. nice Midwestern girl. Okay. That's right. And I, wearing flannel today, you know? Just... Who are you rooting for? Who's playing today? Yeah. Um, are you a That's Bengals a great question, or... and I, I wish I was adept enough to answer, but I don't really follow. Oh, what a shame. I know. I went to Ohio State, which is Because I feel huge... like that's all you guys have. If you're from Ohio, there's nothing else. Truly. You can for sports. Football. <laughs> Cornfields. <laughs> End of list. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's rough. Yeah, no, I went to a really big football school. Ohio State is like, is a really big deal. But I uh, I sold my football tickets every year. Which did you make good money? That's, I did. That was like a lot of hustle. I did make good money. So you, we used to get for like, it was like $120 or something. You get tickets to all the home games. And there is well, a Just big, by being a student? Yeah. Like you can so buy them. you sell them to? Um, so you can, as long as the person you sell them to has a student ID, it doesn't even have to be your student ID. And this was how it was back when I was going to school, so maybe shit's changed, but as long as they are in possession of a student ID, you can just get in. Like, it's perfectly, like, legal and acceptable. Um, but most of the time, I would, like, sell them as a set, where you can make a lot of money doing that. But if you kind of hedge your bets and see how Michigan and Ohio State are doing, uh, you can make good money because that's like a big rivalry. Mm-hmm. So I was, I think it was my sophomore year. My sophomore year, Ohio State and Michigan were number one and number two. Okay. And I sold that ticket for like $850. Look at you. So yeah. you're a hustler. I was a hustler, yeah. <laughs> All right. Good yeah. to know. Are you a football fan? I wouldn't call myself a fan. Yeah. Because it's new to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a soccer guy. That's... Ah, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing we do. The yeah. rest of the world. I that's gonna, what we do. It's going to say. So, but I'm getting used to it, and it's a pretty exciting game, so I yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I want to believe you. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and I wanted to ask you about one of the things that we try to focus on on the show is like balancing a creative life with like the rest of your life yes yeah that's that's the struggle of everyone with a dream who lives in new york because 
you want to pursue your dream, but you also don't want to be homeless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that feels like it's always like you always one paycheck away from being homeless in the city. Yeah. So what I did was, you know, a lot of people do the starving artist thing. I, sure. I don't have that luxury because yeah. I can't starve. I don't have yeah. people here. I don't have my mom to pay stuff for me. So yeah. I had to find a job and I... I worked different things. I worked in real estate for a broker for a little bit. I hated it. Mm-hmm. So I uh, quit that. And a friend told me about this thing. It was an app. It's still around called mm-hmm. TaskRabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I started doing because I was very handy. I was good with my hands. Yeah, cool. And I figured that'd be a decent way to make money while I just stand up every night. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. And the money was decent. Paid my bills. So. Cool. That's what I've been doing. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, I will say that is one of the benefits of living in New York is that as as uh, like just difficult as it is to make enough money to pay your rent every month, there are a lot of different opportunities for like yes. being able to do small things that you just don't have. Like if you open to places. doing work and if you're not, you know, some people have they. They have their prejudices, like, I would never do work like that. I like to go to an office every day and feel like I'm important. (laughs) I don't have those problems. I'll do whatever. People pay me to put Ikea furniture together. That's, like, the easiest money in the world. Why not? So what, uh, like, what are some of the most common jobs that you get as part of that? And what are, what's, like, the craziest thing you ever did as part of that? (laughs) The most common is Ikea. You, it's a lot of... Yeah, people... That's funny. It, the instructions can be a little confusing, mm-hmm. but it's a very easy thing. It's just time consuming. Okay. So if you pay me $100 to put a dresser for you, I'm happy to do it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the most common. Weird... Uh, <laughs> one, one day... I didn't do it, but there was a job that came through my app, mm. and this girl hired someone she said that that's like the thing that she wrote in the job description it's like hey there's a big mouse in my apartment <laughs> and i don't have a boyfriend could you please come kill it for holy me? shit yeah <laughs> that's amazing i laughed for like three hours that's how hard it is to be a single woman in new york City. yeah tell me about you it you have to kill your own mouse i know so. That's why I got a cat. I just, I don't need a boyfriend, but I do need a cat. Good. Well, you got one. Good for you. Yeah. Three is where it goes from cute to like, oh, lady, you have problems. So, three is the number. Um, Good to know. It's Mm -hmm. nice to hear that from a man's perspective. Yes. Yes. Um, We used to joke, my, because I went to grad school, uh, I got an MFA in creative writing. Look at that, master. Okay. Wow. the point of that story is a lot of cat ladies uh, in my program, uh, and uh, yeah. we used to joke that you're not allowed to talk about your cats until the third date. It's mm. just like you can't That's fair. terrify yeah. that guy. Yeah. 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 What is it with cats, though? Mm. Well, I don't know what it is. Like, because dogs are pretty sweet. I don't know why single women are attracted to cats. Yeah. I think, well, because I actually love dogs and cats. I would love to have a dog at some point. It's just like, God, living here and doing everything that I'm doing, I just like wouldn't be able to take care of it. But um, I think it's that cats are are like... Low maintenance? They're extremely low maintenance, yeah. So okay. you get all of the... So it's like, a laziness thing. It is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's more of like, can women have it all? Well, kind of. You can have a cat. I don't know if you're ready for it. Nobody can have yeah. it all. I don't know why people would ask if women can have it all. Because yeah. no one can have it all. That's just not how life works. You don't think men can have it all? No, we don't. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like women have this misconception that yeah. we have it all because we make like 25 cents more than you do. <laughs> no, it's hard yeah. being a man. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I guess it depends on your definition of having it all. What is having it all to you? Well, I can I can tell you what it means to me. That is separate from what it means, like when just generally in society. So I feel like generally in society, having it all means you are a woman who has a, like wonderful job. You have a great career. Mm-hmm. You also have like a husband who fulfills certain requirements. Mm-hmm. You have to stay in shape. Uh, maybe you have kids at some point, like. 
all of these. What are you, a superhero? Yeah, yeah you exactly. No one is gonna do all of Who that. Who has time for that? You gotta yeah. pick and choose. Yeah, That's just. I agree. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, to me, uh, having it all means. Well, actually, there's this quote that I actually really love by Bob Dylan, and it is he puts it in context of men specifically. But he said. Um, a man is a success if he gets up in the morning and he goes to bed at night, and in between, he does what he wants to do. I think that's a pretty good definition of having it all. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. What about you? He said a man, though. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. You I guess I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a woman is a success if she can successfully manage to not have six cats. I feel like yeah. <laughs> that's a fair... Well, then I am crushing it. By yeah, you're killing it. Yeah. You have apartments, you yeah. know. Good for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, do you ever miss living in Haiti? I miss parts of it, yes. Mm-hmm. I miss uh, familiar faces. I miss, like, mm-hmm. childhood places, you know, yeah. memories and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's a trade-off, like everything in life. You know, um, I miss family. Yeah. But I also like being here and doing what I'm doing because I couldn't do it in Haiti. Mm, yeah. yeah. What is comedy like in Haiti? Uh, almost non-existent. Well, comedy exists everywhere because people are just people and comedy happens in life. Yeah. But we don't have stand-up comedy as an art form. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a couple of, the last couple of years, uh, a few people have put on some radio shows and mm-hmm. even TV shows where they do some form of political satire. Yeah. But it's it's getting there, and I'm hoping that someday I can go and help out in that department. Mm, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Mm. I, I wanted to ask you, so as someone who is not from the United States, what is it like living here during this election? it's just like the curtain like the you know there's when you were a kid in haiti you have this idea of america oh my god this place is amazing everything works perfectly sure they're great and then now to see what's happening i'm like oh you guys are just like us (laughs) it's just as bad you just managed to keep it together better because you were you know more developed country but we have time. presidents like Trump in Haiti all the time. So welcome to the club. Yeah. If he's president, you'll be fine. Yeah. It's not going to be World War Three the second day he's in office. So. Yeah. I mean, it's we'll see what happens. But I, I always find it funny when people are like, if so-and-so wins, I'm moving to Canada. Uh, like, you're not going to so, move to Canada. So, you know, I want to hear somebody say they're moving to Mexico. Why? Why always kind of... You're just going to go to find more people that look like you. If you're really that bothered by Trump, move to Mexico. Learn Spanish. How about that? Yeah. That's what I want. Well, we won't be able to get there because of that wall. So... Get there before he builds it. It's going to take like a good two years to build the wall. You know, somebody made the calculations Mm. for the amount of money and time it would take to build a wall across that entire fucking border and Mm -hmm. it's nearly impossible it's possible if you devote all your resources to it but it's not feasible it's insane yeah so he's just one of those promises that he has I thought it was to appease his racist supporters yeah it's it's wild um you know, you just shattered my dream because I thought that that plan was really well thought out. <laughs> but, you know, Sorry, that's math. what I do. Yeah. I'm a dream shatterer. <laughs> um, so, uh, the most important question is, are you ready to give some etiquette uh, to our listeners? The most important question? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's do it. So, the first question is a stand-up specific question. Okay. Here we go. Uh, why are stand-up comedians so hard to date? Uh, where does that insecurity come from? <laughs> uh, how did I know that that was going to be one of the questions? Yeah. I, um, I want to know that person's experience with comedians, the person who asked that question. I do too. Because I don't know if it's fair to say that. That sounds like she or he has been burned. I would say so, Like yeah. three or four comedians. Yeah. <laughs> deep, and they all ruined his or her life. Uh, 
I can only speak for myself and maybe draw a generalized idea of what I know about comedians. Mm-hmm. On, on a very basic level, the scheduling makes it difficult sure. because we're out at night all the time. Yeah. So like if you have liars. a regular life, mm-hmm. you do your nine to five, you come home and you're tired. And then that's when I'm leaving to go tell jokes to strangers. Right. So that's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And that's one. Two, the need, I think, to do comedy come from uh, validation. Yeah. So I think a comedian, by nature, wants validation or wants to be... Because a laugh, somebody put it like that for me the other day. A laugh is like a hug from strangers. So when you try to make people laugh, you want to be loved. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So if you're a comedian, there's a lot of need to be loved. Mm-hmm. So if you're dating somebody, all of those things come out. And maybe if they're not ready to give you that kind of love that you want, that mm-hmm. could be problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this this one is more general. I don't subscribe to that. I don't think I'm like that. But a lot of people think comedians are by nature broken people. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that is definitely a common like Yeah, the, I mean I think people in general are broken people. Like yeah. are they more depressed plumbers than comedians? Yeah. You know? People have things that they struggle with, and comedians kind of happen to have a microphone where they say those things. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean other people are less broken. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's some truth to it. I don't know. The sad clown thing. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I get sad, but I wouldn't say I'm more sad or happy than the average person. So yeah. I'm like right there. Yeah. So that could be a thing. Dating someone who is extremely insecure yeah or feels bad or depressed all the time that's just a lot of you know load for you as the boyfriend or girlfriend to carry yeah so that makes it difficult and there are comedians who try to be on all the time where they Mm -hmm. don't have the ability to process a real thing without Mm -hmm. going straight to humor yeah totally yeah so, you know, it, it becomes a noise like, can you deal with this as human beings? And mm-hmm. I don't have to hear you make a joke about it. Just let's be uncomfortable for a moment. Let's have mm-hmm. a real feeling. Definitely. So that's also a problem. Yeah. And I think that I totally agree with what you said about people in general being kind of broken. I mean, that sounds like a like really dramatic thing to say but i know but it's it's but, hard to yeah, be a human being it we're kind of fucked up that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a design <laughs> flaw in people and you yeah. know you can't just lay it out on comedians yeah. we all kind of yeah. like that definitely yeah i think that um and i'm just like speaking from my own experience i, I think that having relationships in you know the modern era is difficult by very by in so many ways very. just by design um, I also think there's something about, I think one of the reasons that people find themselves attracted to comedians or just artistic people in general, whether it's visual art or music or, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. is because people feel like they are, there's some level of understanding between them and that person. Right. You know what I mean? Via them expressing themselves through that art form. And then I think it makes it more difficult then to realize once you say like start dating that person that they're just like a normal mortal person with yes. flaws yes you know so it's I, not just jokes 24 7 yeah like, outside of jokes a lot of comedians are very sad people yeah so you have to deal with that mm-hmm. mm. what do you think it is about like being in a creative field that makes people more t- attuned to that uh, I think to well to be creative the base thing is you have to be observant you have to look at the world mm-hmm. uh, in a very objective way mm-hmm. and if you're gonna be objective about the world 
that's a hard thing to do because the world is not very pleasant. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a load. That's a burden. And now being objective about it, so you have to bring that out because you got to be sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. You got to pick up on things to be able to talk about them in a way that other people can relate to them. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the job of a comedian. I see this. This is how I feel about it. And I'm going to say it to you in a way that's supposed to make you laugh so that you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So whether it's, you know, a comedian or a musician or whatever, like if you are going to reach people, you have to be able to find that little thing that, mm-hmm. that gets them. Yeah. Uh, I have a little bit of experience dating comedians. Oh, let's hear it. Just a little, yeah. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> um, it, well, so interesting. My experience was um, definitely, I, I think that overall my experience dating in New York is that men my age or about my age uh, How old are you? T- I'm 29. Okay. How old are you? 27. Woo! Okay. Well, when you get to my age, you will realize. <laughs> yeah, 24 months. Yeah. So far ahead. Strap in. Ahead. There's a lot of wisdom coming your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my experience was that um, people in general uh, seem to... People want connection. Like mm-hmm. men want connection and intimacy and Obviously, all yeah. of that. Uh, but then it seems like there's this other side where they also just like want to just hit the panic button, you know, and just, you know, they just want to What do you mean by that panic button? Like they, they want a connection, but they're also scared of it. Uh, so much so that they're, it, it feels easier to walk away right. than to go. I, I mean, as a man, I understand that. Yeah. You. Totally. I, I under, as a woman, I think you I feel it like once you, Lock everything in, all your options, or like, oh shit, this right. is this is it. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna have to be a dad now? And yeah, have kids and get divorced <laughs> soon. Divorce. So it feels like you, you know, you. I think yeah. people are afraid of. Is there something better? Mm-hmm. That's the idea. I think that's like the curse of modernity. Is just like eternal FOMO. Yeah, you feel yeah. like you have a lot of choices, but it's 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 an illusion because yeah. it's not true. Yeah, I think so too. You know, and you you're not afraid of you gotta not be afraid of being alone. I've been mm-hmm. I've dated people here and there, but for most of my life I've been a loner. I've never had a relationship longer than a year. I've never done mm-hmm. that for some reason. Mm-hmm. That might be my own issues, but I haven't done it. Yeah, and you know you gotta pick and choose. You can't. What I'm trying to say is you you can't have it all. Right. <laughs> right. Let's get yeah. back to that. Again. You can't have it all. Because I, I don't even know what I was yeah. saying. Yeah. Basically, you got to pick and choose. Like, if this is what you want, if you like to be with somebody, mm-hmm. you like someone yeah. and they connect with you, Beyonce is not waiting for you. Just go right. ahead with that person. She but if you're waiting. okay with being alone, no, she won't. <laughs> Jay-Z cheated. She's still there. She won't. She knows it's hard. She's staying with him. <laughs> She knows even though she's Beyonce, it's not impossible to cheat on her. And she has to live with that. Fair enough. So, so Beyonce, I know this was you who wrote in. You can't, yeah, you can't yeah. date comedians. Don't do it. <laughs> James is pretty funny. Yeah, he's pretty funny. People are very complicated. There are things you like. And like for me, this is my pattern. I keep liking people that don't like me. Mm-hmm. And the people that like me, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. So... Does that make me hard to date? And I'm very afraid of commitment. Mm. I don't think that's a comedian thing. I think right. that's just a me thing. Yeah, that makes sense. So you got to be able to separate the me from the thing that you do and people associate you with. Yeah. So maybe that person has a pattern of dating a very specific kind of comedian. There's mm-hmm. different kinds of comedians. So I would say keep trying. Yeah. Maybe she's she or he's attracted to funny people. Yeah, definitely. Because people like that. Yeah, I think that's a huge that's a huge thing, and I think also uh, stand up comedians. Uh, it, there's the there's the humor part, but I also think that before you can even be funny, you have to be really smart right. to be a stand up uh, and to like do well in comedy. So I think like smart and funny on everyone's list is probably pretty high. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. 
Uh, so I would say in short to this person, mm-hmm. maybe examine why you keep wanting to date stand-up comedians. Right. <laughs> uh, and then also just accept that all people are insecure in some way. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's no one in the world who's not insecure about one thing. Definitely. If somebody tells you that, they're lying. Mm-hmm. George Clooney has insecurities. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so does Beyonce. Yes. But she's got she's got her reasons. All right. So are you ready for your second burning question? Yes. Bring it on. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna step away from stand up. So this person writes, uh, I've been friends with a woman for almost two years, and I must have been blinded by infatuation or something because I didn't realize how selfish and dishonest she was until recently. Uh, On multiple occasions, we've been out for drinks or attending an event, and her behavior was kind of appalling. Uh, I've witnessed her cheating on her husband and lying to other friends about odd things and other alarming stuff. Uh, I love her dearly, but I'm not sure she's the type of woman I should be associated with right now. Uh, Is it wrong for me to feel this way? And should I continue to attempt an intervention? (laughs) It is absolutely not wrong for you to feel that way. Yeah. That means you're a decent human being and you want to be wary of the company that you keep. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud of her for even thinking that. Don't feel guilty about any of it. Obviously, she sounds like a bad person. I'd want to know what attracted her to you. Right. Because so far, it doesn't sound like there's anything positive about her. She's appalling yeah. <laughs> outside at social gatherings. She cheats on her husband. Yeah. I mean, what are you looking for in a friend? Yeah. Those don't sound like good things. Yeah. And what was the last thing she wants to know if she should schedule an intervention? Yeah, I think it said, um, uh, should I continue to attempt an intervention? That depends on how much the friendship means to you. If that's someone you care about and you feel like you could change them and take the friendship to a next level, sure. But if you feel like good riddance, no. Get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it it seems interesting, but you can break up a friendship. You don't even have to have a conversation. You just Mm -hmm. stop talking to them. And, you know, people don't get it. You don't need that many friends, really, in life. Truly, yeah. You need a very short and sweet amount of good friends. Mm-hmm. No one... Ten friends is too many friends to have. Mm-hmm. And especially to me, as a comedian, that just naturally happens. Because you have a lifestyle that's so different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The people that don't matter, they just fall apart. And then mm-hmm. you only keep the ones that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think, like... It sounds like the person writing in feels responsible for like trying to save this person or like improve this person. Got a messiah complex. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) I I think like changing. I mean, it's on the one hand, it would be maybe worth it to say something to the friend about like why her behavior is unacceptable. But I also think like for the most part, you it's not your responsibility to change people. Right. You know what I mean. That person, should she could find somebody who likes to cheat just like her. They could be best friends. Yeah. Maybe she's just not the friend for you. Go find a different friend. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. I don't think she's a horrible person for doing what she does. She's just not the right person for you. Right. People cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not a match. Yeah. Not a friendship match. There you go. Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. For me personally, I don't like any type of, like, toxicity in my life at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think part of creating that has to come from having really firm boundaries. And if someone is showing you that they are the type of person that's going to bring drama and, like, just, you know, just shitty feelings into your life, I think you can just, like, cut it off. Yeah, I mean, at some point you have a code that you live your life by. Yeah. And if that code isn't in line with a new friend, then maybe they're not going to be your friend. Yeah. It's that simple. I mean, that that's a sweet thing to even think about doing. Sure. So even having the thought of it means that she cares on some level about that new friend. I would say, yeah, if you feel like it could lead somewhere, mm-hmm. try the intervention. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't change anything, then move on. I think that's, that's good. That's what I'd say. Compassionate but firm. Yeah. Yeah. 
think that's a very balanced approach. Even very, for, for very a comedian. wise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Burning question number three. This person writes, uh, what are some practical ways to cope with jealousy? Uh, I work in an artistic field and most of my close friends are in the same small community that I am. I love my friends uh, and overall the community is very supportive, but due to the rarity of certain opportunities, it can also be very competitive. Uh, Lately, I've been finding myself getting fixated on certain people getting things that I was passed over for uh, and feeling really angry. I don't want to be that guy. Oh, yes. I know that all too well. I'm a comedian (laughs) in New York City, which means there's a million of us Mm -hmm. and 20 opportunities. Mm -hmm. So it's extremely competitive. Yeah. So the feeling is you can't do anything about the feeling. Because feelings are independent right. of your will. Right. You're a person, you're going to have certain feelings. You know, you, what, I, what I usually would say, because I understand that feeling, is mm-hmm. you get the feeling, you let it happen. You just don't act or do anything based on that feeling. Mm-hmm. You don't let it direct your course of action or what you do. Because before you got into that field, you knew it's not like working at an office. You knew it was going to be competitive. Right. You know there are going to be other people wanting the same thing that you want. Mm -hmm. So you have to know that you're not going to get everything that you're going for. Mm -hmm. Somebody might be a better fit for it. Mm -hmm. Someone else might have the better face for it. Right. You have to just believe that good things happen to people already. That's Mm -hmm. all you got to do. You can only focus on your craft, get better at what you do every day, and eventually... You'll get what you deserve. Oh, you want? I don't even yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the scary thing. You might never get it. Yeah. And you have to deal with that. Yeah. So, I don't have the perfect answer for you, but mm-hmm. the, the wisest thing I think I can say is just let the feeling be mm-hmm. and don't let that feeling dictate any part of your life mm-hmm. or how you treat anybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's very solid advice. And I think, uh, I think whether the jealousy is about you know feeling artistic jealousy or any other type of like negative emotion uh you can feel that emotion and then think to yourself like i wonder what the cause of that emotion is Mm -hmm. you know what i mean uh like a lot of times when i feel like jealous or resentful or or whatever it is i feel like that's an opportunity to examine like what is it that's making me feel that way you know what i mean to like kind of dig into what it is that you want that you're not getting. Right. Yeah. And maybe the thing that you want could not, could possibly not be for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might have to change what you want. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed is, you know, you, you have, I've seen that as a comedian. So you yeah. have ways to react to it. You could, sometimes you see a guy up there, you're like, oh my God, that guy is good. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one yeah. possible reaction mm-hmm. you could have. Totally. Or you could be like, oh, that guy is good. I want to become his friends. Right. To learn what he did mm-hmm. to get to that point. Yeah. And I feel like that's more constructive than the other side of, fuck him. Yeah. Why is he better than me? Yeah. So, uh, it's it's about maturity. Mm-hmm. And it's about facing the fact that we are, which is sad and depressing to say, we're in a field where not everyone is going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think like, you can take that emotion and transform it into right. uh, something that is uh, constructive for you in your life. That's where you have control. You can't control yeah. the feeling. You can control what you do about the feeling. I, I would maybe also suggest to this person if they're if they're worried about feeling jealous of their friends, it might be worth it to uh, try to make friends that are not in your field. Just to, like, create right. some balance in your life? Yeah, I wouldn't want to yeah. live with 
uh, comedians. I have two roommates and they're regular people. So I think it balances things out. Because if you were to live with people in the same field that do everything that you do, then it becomes too much. Like everything would be around comedy and we would get to see each other all the time and Mm -hmm. talk about and see people, you know. Yeah. When you're on Facebook, you see people in your field getting Mm -hmm. things that you're not getting. And I think one way to cope with that is to narrow your focus on exactly what you want Mm -hmm. out of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because comedy is vast. Some people are in sketch. Some people try to, their dream is to be on SNL. Some people, their dream is to be a great stand-up comedian. Some Mm -hmm. people, their dream to have a TV show. Some people want to be cast in a sitcom. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't just cast your net wide for all of those things. Mm -hmm. You might get lost. So, you should figure out what it is you really want out of it. Like, what's your main focus? Right. And if you can draw and narrow your focus on that and maybe work harder at that than the other things, Mm -hmm. then you might put yourself in a better position. Even then, it's not 100% guaranteed. Yeah. But I think it's more helpful than, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that, as opposed to, this is the main one. I'm going to focus on that and everything else is secondary. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, like, if you are, uh, like, I, not to take it back to my own experience, but with writing uh, and, like, getting published in certain places and, like, getting published in certain journals or certain other opportunities, if I see something and I'm like, oh, man, like, that person got that thing, and then it occurs to me where I'm like, I don't even want that. Like, I didn't even apply to that. Like, exactly. Why, so why would it even bother yeah. you? Who cares? Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. Maybe just, like, narrowing your focus to things that are actually worthy of being jealous of. Yes. And then from yes. there you can deal with that emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard uh, this was on another podcast, um, but I thought this was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, so a guest on a, on a podcast was talking about um, feeling or, or like being in a disagreement with someone and what he did was for five minutes rather than just being like no I think this not what you think uh, he took five minutes to uh, just like live mentally in that other person's point of view uh, yeah which I think is very mature uh, and s- realize that like when you actually mentally put yourself in that person's like way of thinking it can transform how you actually think about it so like maybe that that person who just got an opportunity that maybe you wanted or you really like admire you know when you really think about how if you are that person who got that opportunity how would you want your friends to react you know would you want them to be like pissed off and bitter or would you want them to be genuinely happy for you Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it's a good way to look at it Mm -hmm. empathy Mm -hmm. empathy it works um anything else you want to say on this on this question no i would uh yeah that's a good question especially Mm -hmm. if you were if you're trying to be in a field whether it's art or any field that is extremely like where there are fewer spots than there are people applying mm-hmm. for those spots. So that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. We have a mentality of scarcity, you know, mm-hmm. not enough for everyone. It's not a zero sum game. So, yeah, it's it's uh, you can't fight the feeling. Mm-hmm. So to sum up, I would say that you can't fight the feeling. You're going to have it because that's what human beings are. Yeah. But use the feeling to help you improve your craft as opposed to hating on the people who got what you felt like you deserved. Well said. Uh, by the way, we have been drinking Maker's Mark during this recording. <laughs> Are they paying you? Because that's yeah. free advertising. I would love if they paid me. They, they really need to start. Mm. Okay, so you, uh, you've you made it through all the burning questions. We've given out some very good advice. Yeah, uh, we've changed lives. We have changed lives. We've gotten a little drunker. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is our final segment, In the Hot Seat with Regina. Uh, 
Do you have a burning question that you need advice on that you would like to ask me? Hmm. Okay, I'll ask this. Here's what I... I don't know if it's a struggle. Balancing, like, what I do is is I'm, I'm compelled to be a loner because of what I do, mm-hmm. right? So I don't spend as much time as I should with, mm-hmm. like, friends and family because this is my focus and sometimes I feel guilty about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you know sometimes a lot of my friends are doing something like oh sorry I have to go out and do comedy right so how do you reconcile that like cause if you when you have a dream in a way you you less free you become a slave because mm-hmm. you are trying to make that dream come true Mm -hmm. which means a lot of things get put to the side Mm -hmm. and some of those things might be certain relationships Mm -hmm. people in your life so what's the best way to find a balance in that Mm. like I don't visit my sister lives in Jersey I don't go see her every month right I probably should be doing that more but I yeah I don't hmm Um, so I think this is a really interesting question and I think that, uh, I, I, there's a couple of things that I think number one is, uh, if you are a person who like, I don't know, this, this sounds harsh, but I'll like, I'll get to the rest of it. But if you're, if you're a person who genuinely like likes a lot of alone time, you know what I mean? Or genuinely just needs a lot of alone time to do whatever you need to do. I think that uh, you should be, to a degree, unapologetic about that. You know, if you are trying to make it in your artistic field, you should also accept that that means uh, you you have to like give up equity somewhere else in your life, right? Yeah. So that just is what it is. And I think going back to what you were saying earlier, I think that that is actually an opportunity to focus on the people who you really care about rather than just like having to feel like you're putting in FaceTime with like, oh, I should go to this gathering or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's an opportunity to uh, really think about that list of like five people or 10 people or whatever who's... uh, continued presence in your life really matters. Um, And from there, I would say, like, I mean, it's always, like, I think that it is and will be, like, an ongoing struggle for people that are either in an artistic field or are just busy, you know, as a lot of people in New York are, of, like, you know, you have to just, like, carve out that time to make for those people. Um, I think in terms of like practical tips, um, maybe just like schedule something and like don't let yourself off the hook for that. Like if you're if you're going to take a, you know, Wednesday night or whatever to visit someone in New Jersey, like do that and do that at all costs. But I also think like uh, one of the good things about the like era that we live in is uh you can keep in touch with people without actually having to like go see them yeah yeah like this sounds weird but um one of the like my friends from graduate school um well i should say that like i've had a lot of different friend groups because i've moved around so much uh so i have like friends from high school and then i have friends from like grad school and then friends here in new york and um, we actually just keep in touch over Facebook Messenger, which sounds like, oh, like it's not really, you're just like texting people. But yeah, we're also, yeah, but like you're texting people about like the ins and outs of your day, you know what I mean? Like, and that's intimate stuff, you know? So I think like being open to other ways of, of keeping in contact with people and, and just being proactive about that, like starting, um, starting either like 
yeah, like a messenger thing or even just like a yeah, let's my, get together. All my friends from high school, we have this big WhatsApp group. Oh, really? Yeah. Everybody I went to high school, yeah. we're all in it to just talk every day. It's I so don't fun, yeah. join every day, but yeah. whenever I, yeah. I, you know, I come and say something, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you can just drop in. I think that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, or even just like uh, doing a once a month thing where you're like, I'm going to... Do it. Yeah, let's get together and yeah. connect, and mm-hmm. then we'll do it two months later. Yeah. It's not, we can't do it every day because people are busy. Mm-hmm. So. And I also think, like, uh, finding ways to communicate to those people that they are important to you, even if you can't find the time to be there with them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I think just being open uh, about that with them, uh, I think, is probably a good place to start. Okay. Yeah. I mean, as you were saying, I don't know any person in New York that has a lot of free time to j- yeah, you know. That's it just is. It's hard. Yeah, it's very hard. Unless you're Rockefeller, your parents have all the money, they yeah. don't have much to do, then you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think most people are trying hard to balance everything they want to do and accomplish with like trying to also connect with people yeah um but and i also think like you can be um i i I, this sounds like such like a dorky like tip to give but i think like really like scheduling it is a very helpful thing because if you don't you know what i mean like if you don't you'll just be like oh i have to go to such and such like thing tonight or i have to do stand up here um so that might be a practical tip i could offer Cool. Yeah. I'm not much of a planner, so that would be very helpful for me. Yeah. Plan things ahead of time. There you go. Um, I hope that was helpful advice to you. I was very helpful, yeah. Okay. I think that wraps up our uh, our Burning Questions podcast episode. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to say to our listeners? Where can they find you on, on online and social media? Oh, uh, Facebook. My mm-hmm. name, Tanile Joachim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Tanial Joachim. Those are the two that I really use. And my website, TanialJoachim.com. And I'm always performing, so come to a show sometimes. Cool. Do you have any upcoming shows in the Brooklyn, New York? I have three shows tonight. Wow. I have shows on Wednesday, Thursday. I'm, yeah, all over. I always post them. So Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to do the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you.